Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey there, welcome to The Tent. I'm your host, Scott Fellman, and it's time for another foray into the world of aquariums from a slightly different perspective. You know, as the botanical-style blackwater aquarium world continues to evolve, we've seen a lot of changes in practices, procedures, and techniques. Now, here at Tandem, we spent the better part of the last five years attempting to dispel old, outmoded ideas, secondhand facts, and outright myths in our little niche. And the battle continues. It's an old hobby story which really never ends. For whatever reason, there's factions within the hobby who simply refuse to accept any idea, practice, or approach which contradicts the long-settled hobby thinking. It's almost sort of strange and shockingly predictable. We've all seen this many times. You develop an idea, an approach, experiment with it, perfect it, have fellow hobbyists replicate it, and there's still huge areas of resistance or the perpetuating of misinformation, largely unintentional but harmful nonetheless. For whatever reason, a lot of longtime hobbyists simply love to trash on new ideas, like really aggressively. And a lot of times these people are just flat out wrong in their steadfast adherence to often outmoded thinking. Not everyone, of course, but quite a few. In my humble opinion, it's not just because they're angry or whatever, it's because many of these long-established practices work, and they work just fine. Yeah, they do. However, the real annoying part is that there's a lot of reluctance in some areas to simply consider the potential benefits of a new idea or approach. Couple that with the dogmatic attitude of the, your new idea is wrong, and you simply create two hobby communities, one that's open-minded and values new approaches and ideas, and the other which is stubbornly, audaciously holding on to the past. In our little niche, for example, there was the perception for decades that blackwater aquariums, and I really don't use the term botanical style because it's another level of nuance on top of that, but blackwater aquariums were somehow dirty, dangerous, and even foolhardy attempts at trying to replicate more natural environmental conditions in the aquarium. And I admit the vendors or experts who navigated these waters over the years did little to earn the confidence of the hobby community. Poorly explained rationales for the new approaches, products with very vague descriptions or efficacy, and a lot of, you know, trust me sort of stuff. I think the resistance that we initially countered here at Tannin to, the ver- to our version of you know, Blackwater, Brackish, Botanical-style aquariums is the, partially the result of some incomplete work of those who came before us and the general stubbornness of some of the loudest corners of the mainstream aquarium world. When we sort of burst forth on the scene, we made a deliberate decision to share our ideas and approach, even though you know, long before we started offering products, even though no one knew who we were. We felt it was necessary to explain our philosophy and the rationale for why we advocate the ideas that we do. It made for a much, much slower growth and market penetration for tenant aquatics, trust me. However, those of you who do follow us should have no confusion by now as to where we stand, why we favor the approaches that we do, and what we believe in as a brand. It's worked really well. Now, let me be clear, there's still a lot of people doing stuff the right way. There were, and there are, continue, they continue to be. Plenty of open-minded, detail-oriented hobbyists to share their ideas on this specialty that we play in, refusing to be shouted down by the louder, more stubbornly resistant factions in the hobby. Yet, I still see so much stubbornness and confusion sowed by some of those who simply refuse to do the research, either by themselves or 
through studying the vast body of free information that's now out there. Now, I'm not saying that my way is the only way or even the best way. However, I think it's a pretty good way. But recently, I saw a post on a forum where hobbyists were debating the merits of preparing botanicals, an absolutely fundamental aspect of the botanical style aquarium approach, uh, something we've talked about a million times here. But even within our movement, there's stubbornness, there's opinion, and yes, misinformation. There was a surprisingly large amount of responses, responses to this person's question, which simply said, you should just dump stuff in, or if you do prep, you know, you can use the water, you boil the botanicals in as a homemade black water extract, you don't want to waste the tannins, you know, stuff that we've talked about so much here, and clearly stated our rationale for our approach, that it's almost fun, you know, funny that people still, you know, ask us about it. Of course, it's worth covering the topic one more, hopefully not too agonizing time, why, Scott? Why do we recommend boiling or steeping this stuff? Well, to begin with, as we've talked about a million times here, considering that boiling water is used as a method of making water potable by killing microbes that may be present, that tells you something. Most nasty microbes check out at temperatures greater than 60 degrees centigrade, it's 140 degrees Fahrenheit. For a high percentage of microbes, if water is maintained at 70 degrees centigrade for 10 minutes, many organisms are killed. Some are more resistant to heat and require one more minute at the boiling point of water. Now, for the most part, most of the nasty bacteria that we don't want in either our tanks or our stomachs are eliminated by the simple process. <clears throat> Excuse me, 10 minutes of boiling is golden, in my opinion. Of course, we boil for other reasons, as we'll touch on in just a second. For one reason, we boil botanicals to kill any possible microorganisms which might be present on them. And of course, there's a simple reason that they're dirty. <laughs> like, why the fuck do you want dirt or pollutants in your aquarium? To prove some point, to be rebellious, I have no idea, I really don't leaves, seed pods, all that stuff's been exposed to rain and dust and all sorts of things in the natural environment and on the chain of custody from forest to, you know, hobbyist, which in the confines of an aquarium can introduce unwanted organisms and contribute to the degradation of the water quality that we're trying so hard to keep high. The surface textures and very formation of many botanical items, such as leaves and seed pods themselves, lend themselves to retaining dirt, soot, dust, and other atmospheric pollutants that, although likely harmless in the grand scheme of things, are not stuff you want to put in your aquarium, especially when you're starting out. So we give all of our botanicals a good rinse. Then we boil. Boiling also serves the dual purpose, as you guessed, to soften the botanicals. If you remember your high school botany, leaves, for example, are surprisingly complex structures with multiple layers designed to reject pollutants, facilitate gas exchange, dry photosynthesis, and store sugars for the benefit of the plant on which they're found. As such, it's important to get them to release some of this material, which might be bound up in the epidermis, the outer layers of the leaf. As we go deeper into the structure of the leaf, we find the mesophyll, a larger layer of tissues in which much of the photosynthesis takes place. Now, forgive me for the botany lesson, but, you know, it's something you need to at least be familiar with. We use only dried leaves in our botanical-style aquariums, typically because these leaves from deciduous trees, which naturally fall off the trees in seasons of inclement weather, have lost most of their store of chlorophylls and sugars contained within the leaf structures. This is important because having these compounds present, as in you know, living leaves, does contribute, perhaps excessively, to the bioload of the aquarium when submerged. Now, maybe we'll play around with more green leaves in the future, but right now I think where we're at is... We're still looking at dried leaves as our preferred, uh, preferred, um, you know, uh, preferred version of the leaf. Are there variations on this theme of preparations? Well, sure. Many hobbyists rinse then steep their leaves rather than a prolonged boil for the simple fact that the exposure to the newly boiled water will accomplish the potential kill of unwanted organisms, which at the same time softens the leaves by permeating the outer tissues. 
This way, not only will the softened leaves go to work right away, releasing all the beneficial tannins and humic substances bound up in their tissues, they'll sink too. Of course, I know many who simply rinse and drop, and that works for them too, and I played with that myself, and I played with microwave boiling up some stuff. It's an idea that Corey Hopkins, our friend, uh, told us one time that he does, and it works pretty well. Makes your house smell good too. A lot of different approaches. It's not a perfect science, this whole botanical preparation thing. However, over the years, of course, I've developed simple approaches to leaf prep that work with a high degree of reliability. Now, there's some leaves, like magnolia, which take a longer time to saturate and sink because they have this cuticle layer, this thick, waxy layer on the surface that is designed to repel water. And there's others, like loquat, which can get really crispy, yet when steeped in water, begin to soften and work just fine. So when you get a packet of dried loquat leaves from us that look really, really crispy, all is not lost, trust me. So why do we soak after boiling? Well, it's a personal preference thing, I suppose, and one could say that I'm probably being excessively conservative. And in fact, I saw someone say something like this in one of the comments that, you know, vendors recommend this to cover their ass. Well, yeah, kind of, because I think you need to be conservative. You need to give people the widest possibility, the widest variety of people, the best possibilities for success. I feel that it releases any remaining pollutants and undesirable organics that might have been bound up in the leaf tissues and released by boiling, which is certainly arguable, but... I think it's also a valid point. And since we're a company dedicated to giving our customers the best possible outcomes, we're going to always recommend being conservative and employing that post-boil soak, even if it's just for a few minutes. Soak can be for an hour or two, or even overnight. I mean, there's no real science to it. Some, of course, would argue that you're wasting all those valuable tannins and humic substances when you soak the leaves overnight after boiling. My response has always been that, sure, you might lose some of this stuff, but since the leaves have a sort of a lifespan of a few weeks or even months, and You'll see tangible results from them, i.e. the tinting of water, for most of this operational lifespan. And overnight soaks, no big deal in the grand scheme of things. Besides, do we even have a way to measure how much of the good stuff and what it is that we're both receiving or even potentially losing by doing this extra step? We really don't. So rather than being total, a total ass, <laughs> my advice to you is to simply do what's most comfortable for you and what you feel is best for your fishes. When it comes to other botanicals like seed pods, the preparation is very similar. Again, most seed pods have tougher exterior features and require prolonged boiling and soaking periods to release any surface dirt and contaminants or to saturate the tissues and to get them to sink when they're submerged. And quite simply, each botanical item behaves just a bit differently, and many will require slight variations on the theme of boil and soak or some testing and, you know, also uh, some, you know, experimentation. And they're going to test your patience because they may require multiple boils or prolonged soaking in order to get them to saturate and sink. Yeah, those damn things can be a real pain. However, the effort's worthwhile, in my opinion. Now, sure, I hear tons of arguments which essentially state that these are natural materials and that in nature stuff doesn't get boiled and soaked before it falls into the stream or a river. Well, shit, how can I argue with that? <coughs> Excuse me. Well, the only counter-argument I have is that these are open systems we're talking about with far more you know, water volume and throughput than our tanks, right? It's dilution. Nature might have more efficient evolved systems to handle some forms of nutrient excesses and even pollution. It's a delicate balance, of course, but, you know, it's far greater than what we can provide in most aquariums. In the end, preparation techniques for, you know, botanicals are as much about prevention as they are about preparation. By taking the time to properly prepare your botanical additions for use in the aquarium, you're doing all that you can to exclude unwanted bacteria and microorganisms, surface pollutants, excess sugars, and other unwelcome compounds from entering your aquarium to begin with. Another component of the press process, and one that, you know, one of the things that I have an issue with in our little hobby sector, 
is the desire by many, many, you know, hobbyists to make use of that water in which the initial preparation of the botanicals takes place is a sort of a form of a blackwater tea or blackwater extract. Now, while on the surface there's nothing inherently wrong with the idea, I think that in our case we need to consider exactly why we boil and soak our botanicals before using them in the aquarium to begin with, like as we just talked about. I personally discard the tea that results from the initial preparation of botanicals, and I recommend that you do too. Here's why. As I've mentioned many, many, many times before, the purpose of that initial boil and soak in the first place is to release some of the pollutants bound up in the outer tissues of the botanicals. It's also to soften the leaves and, you know, get them to sink. I get that. But as a result, a lot of organic materials like lignin, proteins, and other stuff, in addition to tannins and humic substances, are released. Well, hey, that's the stuff that, you know, adds the tin to our tanks, right, Scott? Well, yeah, it is, but it's also filled with a complex brew of other stuff, stuff that you likely don't want in your aquarium, stuff that will definitely add to the bio load or potentially fuel algae or God knows what. So why the hell would you want a concentrated tea of dirt, surface pollutants, and other organics in your aquarium as a, you know, home-brewed blackwater extract? And how much do you add? I mean... What's the concentration of desirable materials in the tea? I can't even call it tea, but whatever, relative to the water. I mean, it's not an easy, quick thing to figure, right? There's so much we don't know. We're just learning how to utilize the botanicals themselves correctly and safely. So is it wise to use concentrated waste extract and add it to our tanks? I don't think so. Again, a lot of hobbyists tell me they're concerned about wasting the concentrated tannins from the prep water. Trust me, the leaves and botanicals will continue to release the tannins and humic substances, Throughout their useful lifetimes when submerged, as I just said before, so you need not worry about discarding that water. In my opinion, it's kind of analogous to adding the skimmate, that's that nasty concentrated organics removed by your protein skimmer and by your foam fractionation in your reef aquarium. So it's kind of like taking that stuff and dumping it right back into your aquarium because you don't want to lose the tiny amount of valuable salt or some trace elements that are removed by protein skimming. It's ludicrous. Is it worth you know, polluting your aquarium for this? I certainly don't think so. It isn't. We need not be stubborn about this stuff. The simple truth about using botanicals is that you're adding natural terrestrial materials that when acted upon by bacteria, they break down in your aquarium, increasing the bio load of the system. We've said it a million times over the years. We'll say it one more time since we're talking about this kind of stuff. You need to add botanical materials to your aquarium slowly over a period of days or weeks. You have to be careful, you have to observe, test, and you have to adjust thinking about this, it's not really a revelation. Adding large quantities of anything in a short period of time to your established aquarium could cause some issues. Like so many things in our evolving practice of you know, perfecting the Blackwater Botanical Style Aquarium, developing, testing, and following some basic protocols is never a bad thing. Being open-minded isn't a bad thing. Neither is being critical when something sounds a bit off. And understanding that some of the hows and whys, the, the, the process, and the reasons for embracing it will hopefully instill into our community the necessity and pleasures of going slowly, taking the time, observing, tweaking, and evolving our craft for the benefit of the entire aquarium community. We need to remain open to new ideas, and even stubborn guys like me need to be able to take criticism and consider revising our you know, you know, protocols when we're wrong. However, being stubborn for just the sake of being stubborn is not simply being smart. It's audacious. Something to think about, right? Stay open-minded, stay thoughtful, stay curious, stay bold, stay informed, and always stay wet. Until next time, this is Scott Feldman from Tent and Aquatics. Thanks for spending part of your day with me. I look forward to seeing you on the next installment of The Tint.